Hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. We are halfway through the NFL season. I know. I, I can't believe it's flying by to this point already. And for those of you who've listened to the show, you know I have a fixation with quarterbacks. I, I In my opinion, and I think in popular opinion, that it's the most important position on the field. And this year we had a unique situation where we had four rookie signal callers that really we felt were going to play by this point. And at this point, I'm going to look at the four main ones, see how I think they're doing so far this year, and also a rookie quarterback that's already making it life more difficult for himself and a guy who I was really high on in the draft. But we'll start with the big four, and you know who they are. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. Now, in a good quarterback draft, you're hoping you get two good quarterbacks. Sometimes you'll get lucky. You'll get three, like in the 2004 class with Eli, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phil Rivers. I think so far, two have really proven that and shown good flashes that they can be in this league, uh, one of which is going to have a hard time to deal with, and I'll get to him first. And then I have also think the other two have shown some flashes, but also some bigger concerns outside of the other two. So I'll start with the first one, and that's Baker Mayfield. For those of you who listen, no, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan in the world. And I have to preface this by saying that when I say I'm not the biggest fan, I personally would not have drafted him if I was the Cleveland Browns at number one. I think he can be an NFL quarterback. However, I think in the AFC North, you need a big arm. Big Ben, Joe Flacco. We've seen a guy with an average arm, Andy Dalton, struggle late in the season. Look at his stats. He struggles in the second half of the season. So for me, I felt Baker would be better off in a Southern team, maybe an indoor team. But look, he's got accuracy. You can't teach that, and that is crucial in the NFL. I mean, I like his accuracy, and I love his moxie. I love his leadership tangibles. And you can see that he's energized that team. But he's also, I think people are a little overblowing his his performance this year. Everyone said, oh, Baker looks incredible. And I said, well, he had that great game against the Jets, who didn't plan for him coming into the game, didn't have a good game plan, and also were playing their third game in 11 days. They were gassed, and you could tell it. I mean, Baker is 1-4 as a starter, 58% completions, the best of the rookies, and he's got the best touchdown to uh, interception ratio at 8-6. to six. But outside of that, I mean, he also has the best weapons of all these young signal callers. I mean, if I was to say who has the best receiver of all these four rookie quarterbacks, you would have to say, well, it's Jarvis Landry with Cleveland. Well, who has the best tight end? It would be David Njoku with Cleveland. Who has the best overall weapons and running game? I would have to say, even though David Johnson, I think, is a great weapon for Josh Rose in Arizona, I think overall you would say Cleveland and the offensive line play, I would think if Cleveland's not number one, they're one or two. So he has very good weapons. And look, he's played well. I will say this. He hasn't struggled. He's looked confident. But for people saying, wow, he really is blowing away the world, he's 1-4 as a quarterback. And we're forgetting if they had a field goal kicker, Tyrod Taylor probably starts the season 2-0. and Maybe doesn't lose his job. But for Baker, my big issue with him coming out in the draft and why I didn't think he'd be a good fit in Cleveland was because of the arm. I didn't think he had the big arm in the winter. And now we're getting into the final eight weeks of the season. We're going to see. How does he deal? Because it's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. It's going to be raining. It's going to be snowing in Cleveland. You're going to be outdoors in that division against Pittsburgh, against Cincinnati, and against Baltimore. 
this is a tough division, and you need, especially in Northern Cities, you need a quarterback that can cut through that wind. Maybe not the biggest arm in the world, but we've seen Brady be able to cut through that wind. I'm interested to see how Baker does because he's played at Oklahoma. He's played in great environments his entire career, and I want to see how he plays in bad environments. And the other thing, too, that's working against him, and another reason why I think it was whoever went to Cleveland, I said, was going to have an uphill battle because it's very difficult and almost impossible to overcome a bad organization. And Cleveland, I gave them a lot of credit. I think they have the right general manager in place now, but I was saying, can whoever go in there overcome the dysfunction? And this past week, we've seen the dysfunction with three coaches there. Number one, they fired Hugh Jackson in the middle of the season. And you could argue with a field goal kicker, they're probably a 4-4 football team. After going 0-16 last year, I think that's a pretty good turnaround. Then I'm like, okay, well, maybe this was the plan. Maybe they feel Todd Haley has a great rapport with Baker Mayfield. And they were probably going to make this move. Maybe it's one of the situations where you saw in Tampa Bay with Cutter, who worked well with Jameis Winston. And the whole idea was, okay, well, we're going to promote him because he's going to help develop our quarterback. But he gets fired an hour later. Look, I understand that both of those might not be the best head coach candidates, but there's one thing. They know offense. They are smart offensive people, and you're telling me that Baker Mayfield in his rookie year couldn't help – it wouldn't help his development if he had offensive minds around him. So you're going to take the two best offensive minds away from your rookie quarterback in your first year, and you're giving play calling to a guy who's only called one play his entire career. Okie dokie. Look, I, I think Baker Mayfield, he's got a good attitude, but it's going to be hard to turn around that organization with the dysfunction they have. And, of course, Craig Williams, a defensive coach, is now in charge, and he's made the comment that he's been offered 11 head coaching jobs and said no. Greg, if you were offered 11 coaching jobs, you would have taken a head coaching job in the NFL. Maybe he thinks that these were high school offers and college offers, and he just wanted to stick in the pros. We didn't preface that. He said he turned down 11 coaching offers. Okay. Dysfunctional. That's Cleveland. Overall, I think Baker's had a good rookie season so far. He's one of my top two rookies this year, the other one being Sam Darnold. And look, Sam Darnold has a lot working against him. He has short training camp because of a a holdout. But he was the only rookie that the organization said, look, we're going to give you the keys week one. We trust you. And for the most part, if I was to say he'd be 3-5 and against that schedule with a bad offensive line, and you look at his pro football focus, Jets have a bomb three offensive line, bomb five wide receivers, bomb five tight ends, and bomb five running backs, and yet they're 3-5 and against very good defenses. 55 percent completion percentage although I think a little bit of that is misleading because the last two weeks especially and this is one thing I've really liked about him, especially against the Bears people are saying well he had a 50 percent completion percentage Well, he threw about 10 to 15 percent of those out of bounds didn't try to force a throw 11 touchdowns 10 interceptions to me the biggest thing with him which I worried about was the fumbles because that was the big knock on him but they had way too many fumbles at USC So far this year, only four fumbles, two of which came in the Minnesota game. But he, overall, I think has played very well. And here's the thing with Baker and Darnold, unlike the other guys, which I'll get to. He's shown flashes. He's shown that he can throw the ball deep. He's shown he's got great mobility in the pocket. And every defensive player you've heard play against him, and all the talk about him from players in the league says is very positive. They think this guy can play. And 
those guys, they've seen a lot of great quarterbacks. And if they say, look, this kid shows a lot of promise, I believe that because they've played against the best. And look, for Darnold, with the lack of weapons, this year is basically getting his feet wet, getting the offense under his belt, and just improving. And if he can play strong the second half, the Jets have to feel great. And I think they feel great that they got the right pick because his personality fits New York. He's a good leadership. Uh, he has the good leadership. And more importantly for him, they're going to have – a chance to get weapons. I mean, the weapons he did have, they're hurt. His number one receiver, Quincy Newman, has been hurt for four weeks. Robbie Anderson has been hurt and in and out of the lineup but hasn't played well. That's his other big wide receiver. Jermaine Curse has disappeared. Uh, outside of Chris Herndon, who's emerging as a good young tight end that they got in the draft and a rookie who I think Jet fans are really surprised by and really happy by, they don't have weapons on this offense. They have a terrible offensive line in a running game where Isaiah Crowell will show up two weeks, have 200 yards in each of those weeks, and then disappear. And their number two running back, who, in a sense, the way they used him was the number one running back, Bilal Powell, he's out for the season with a neck injury. So, look, he doesn't have a great weapons around him. So I think the expectations have to be tempered. And you look against the defense. The defense with great pass rushes and great defenses against that terrible offensive line, those are the games he struggled. When he has time to throw, he's looked very good in those games. So I think Darnold looks really good. I think he's played better than the Jets expected. Look, he's 21 years old. He's only going to get better. And I think if you're looking at the two quarterbacks who've looked the best, it's going to be Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold right now, number one and number three in the draft, which gets us to number seven, Josh Allen. Now, I'm prefacing this by saying, and anyone who's watched Buffalo, they're a mess. They're an absolute dumpster fire for personnel. You can make the case even worse than the Jets with Darnold. But here's the thing with Allen. His accuracy is very concerning. And now I know they don't have great accurate quarterbacks there and a lot of weapons, but two touchdowns, five picks in his six games, 54% completion, the lowest of all the rookies. And this was what concerned me coming out of college was his completion percentage. And the big thing which concerns me as well is what has been his big moments. Like, you can think of some good Baker Mayfield throws. You can think of some good Sam Darnold throws. You can even think of some good Josh Rosen throws. When I say Josh Allen, the first thing you think of him is hurtling defenders as a runner. I'm sorry. I don't want my franchise quarterback running. And I understand he got hurt in the pocket. But this is a league now where in the pocket a guy can't land on you. If you run outside the pocket and you don't slide in time, they're going to put a hit on you. They're going to whack you because they can't whack you in the pocket. And that concerns me because can he survive? I understand Trubisky's doing a option-style offense, and he's running a lot in Chicago. But Chicago has the weapons, the offensive line, and the offensive coordinator to pull that off. I don't think they – they don't have that in Buffalo right now. They don't have a running game. They don't have receivers. They don't have an offensive line. And I understand that he's going to be limited, and he was the biggest project in my book of all these quarterbacks, but – Man, when your biggest highlights are running, that concerns me because it shows me that you don't have the confidence to stand in that pocket and deliver the football down the field. I mean, the one bad habit that a lot of these young quarterbacks get into, and we've seen it, is when they lose confidence in their arm, they're going to try to make plays with their legs. And it works good for a week or two. Maybe it works for half a season. But eventually those hits take a toll. You get a beating, and then you get injured. And then you hurt your team because their quarterback is out for the season. Look at teams like San Francisco that have lost their starting quarterback. They can't function without a starting quarterback. So, for me, it's unfortunate that Allen's hurt. Once again, it looks like they're going to hold him out again. But, man, 
he's got to learn how to throw in the pocket and work on that accuracy. And finally, Josh Rosen, 2-3 and three as a starter, 55% completion percentage, slightly above Josh Allen. Look, he played great in that San Francisco game. Uh, the things I've seen with him when he gets time, and he can throw a great football down the field, but there's a couple things that concern me. I think right now he's a little gun shy in the pocket like a couple of these rookies because, look, they don't have good offensive lines. And I take that Denver game away. Look, some of these rookies, they're going to have a bad game. It's just going to happen. Every quarterback has a bad game like that. And for Rosen, that's going to be his. He can throw a great football. I think when he has time, he can deliver a good football. He's an accurate quarterback. Uh, I, he's not a guy that has shown me he can really stretch the field. But he coming out really didn't remind me of that. He was more of the accurate guy between the 10-15 yard mark. There's great football. But the thing that concerns me and concerned me coming out in the draft was his durability. And we've already seen that he got banged up in that Denver game. He's been dealing with some nagging injuries. And the thing I always worry about him, he's a really slender kid, is Allen, Darnold, and even Mayfield, though he's shorter, they're they're thickly built. They can take a hit. And Rosen just, to me, he reminds me too much in a sense of Sam Bradford, that body type where it's really thin and it just – it can't take a big beating. And to me, that's going to be the biggest thing. I want to see him get through these next eight games. Can he stay healthy and learn to get down in the pocket when the pressure's around him? Get rid of the football. Throw the football away. I think he holds on to the football too long. And, I, and it, look, it's a tendency a lot of these young quarterbacks have is they want to make a play. They want to throw it down the field. They want to make a play. And a guy like Rosen, who's got a tight spiral and good accuracy, feels like he can fit it into window. So if he gets another split second... I can fit it in that window, and no one else can. But right now, I just think he doesn't have the weapons that are getting open the offensive line. I mean, look, I think one great thing they're doing, they brought in Byron Leftwich, who I've talked to people in the league. A lot of people think he's going to be an offensive coordinator before long, and he now is with Arizona. He might be a head coach. He's he's one of those guys that, as a quarterback – he wasn't necessarily the best athlete on the field, didn't have the best arm, but he was a smart quarterback. I mean, that was the one thing you liked when he came out of the draft. He was a smart quarterback. He's a smart dude. He knows offense, and I think that's going to help. And you saw a difference the way Rosen played in that last game. So the big thing for me is I really want to see Rosen probably more than the other guys. I want to see Mayfield how he adapts to the cold weather. I want to see if Darnold can keep his play up and not regress. Most importantly, I think, Allen, we got to wait till he gets back on the field. But for Rosen, I really want to see his health the last half. I think he's had a good start to the year so far in the games that he's had protection. But I really want to see how he does with uh, this new offensive coordinator, uh, Byron Leftwich, because I do think he's going to help his game. He understands quarterbacks, and I think he understands the limitations of his quarterback. And he understands this isn't a guy who can throw the ball down the field all the time, but this is a guy who's got a quick release. He's athletic enough to make some plays in the pocket, move, and avoid some of the rush. So I'm going to develop an offensive scheme around him. So overall, I think we've seen promise from three of the rookies. Allen athletically has shown promise, but to me, throwing in the pocket's been an issue. Turning the ball weight over way too much, although every Buffalo quarterback seems to throw it more to the other team. Maybe Buffalo should just try changing their jerseys to look like the other team. Maybe they'll be better off. But overall, I think if you're the Jets, you're happy. If you're the Browns, you're happy. 
The Browns got to be a little bit concerned about now with the weather changing and with the coaching changing. So it's good. This is going to be a great test for Baker. Uh, I think with Rosen and the Cardinals, I think the jury's a little still out, but you've seen some good throws. I think now with the new offensive coordinator. And the big thing, if he can stay healthy these last eight games, I think you might have found your guy. And Allen, we got to wait till he gets back on the field to see what he can do. But before we wrap up, there was one rookie quarterback. And I always love this. In the NFL, if you are not a first-round pick, first-round picks get a lot of opportunity. People say, well, that's unfair. But there's a reason you're drafted in the first round. You have incredible talent. When you think about it, in the draft, there's maybe 15 to 20. In a really good draft, maybe 22, 23. In a bad draft, maybe just 10 to 12. First-round bodies. When you have that, like, elite athletes or athletes that you feel can are above the position average, whether it be a quarterback, defensive end, corner, pass rushers. Like, every draft we get 10 really good players. Maybe there's three or four that are incredible athletes that really tip the scales, like a Jadavian Clowney, an athlete that's just a freak of nature. And But what I'm saying is for first round, there's a reason is scouts feel like you have the potential, especially a quarterback, you have the potential – to be great. And that's why guys like Robert Griffin got a lot of opportunities and a lot of these first round picks, if they don't work out, you see him sign with other teams. Why does this guy keep getting opportunities? Well, he was drafted in the first round. They feel he's got a first round talent. If you're not drafted in that first round, you basically get one opportunity. And when you don't take advantage of it, that's your career. Like Shannon Sharp always has said, they cut 5th, 6th, and 7th rounders every day. Every day. They wave guys in the back end of the draft. There's a reason they don't get those big guarantees outside of the first round is because they don't expect you to be a part of that team for the long term. So the New York Giants, their season, man, you cannot make this up. They are just a complete mess. And there was one glimmer of hope. And unfortunately, I thought it was a glimmer of hope. That was Kyle Oletta. He was a kid I really liked out of Richmond. Uh, FCS really reminded me of a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo. Great athleticism, good accuracy. Actually, it was scary how close body type he was to Jimmy Garoppolo. Senior Bowl played exceptionally well. 12 of 18 for 180 yards and three touchdowns. And I actually had in my mock drafts, if you may remember, him going to the New England Patriots late in the first round because I felt he was that good that the Patriots would think he's the next Garoppolo and draft him high. He went in the fourth round, but he went to the Giants. I said that was, And that was my highest-graded draft pick after Saquon Barkley for the Giants because I'm like, look, this kid, he's got a lot of upside. I think he's going to be a, maybe not a great quarterback, but I think worst case he'll be a solid backup for you. Well, what do you know? Almost arrested earlier this week for a traffic incident in New Jersey, and according to reports, did not listen to a police officer. And he's also been reported to have done this before. Wow. I'm sorry, but we've seen this with Chad Kelly in Denver. We've seen this before already this season. If you are a quarterback, you are held to a different standard. A wide receiver can go out and party, and a cornerback can go out and party. But as a quarterback, you're the leader of a franchise. And if they're going to put you in a position to start, you have the potential to be the CEO of that franchise. 
it looked like that was going to be the case because, ironically enough, the day he had to miss practice because of this incident with the police was the day that the Giants were giving Eli Manning off to give Kyle Loretta reps with the first team. And like I predicted on this show, it would take until the bye. The Giants would be 1-7. and seven. They are 1-7. and seven. And at that point, they were going to say, you know what? We got a two-week bye. We'll get Kyle Loretta ready to go either to come in right away or that he's ready to take over so we can play the final eight games of the season or at least seven to six so we can get an idea if we need to draft another quarterback because also coming out, it looks like Justin Herbert, who was going to be the number one quarterback according to multiple reports, is going to stay at Oregon next year. So the Giants, who might have been betting on getting Justin Herbert, he might not be there to draft this year. So now, the guy who they want to get in there was arrested for not listening to a police officer. And apparently, he's done this twice now. The first time, he wasn't with the officer, but they've gotten a report that the car of the same description did the same exact thing at the same time the week before. And look, I understand New Jersey's confusing. For people who don't know, driving through New Jersey, you should probably get an award because of the way the street signs are. It's very confusing, and I can understand that. But when a police officer is telling you to do something, and you're not listening, especially in the New York market, you know that story is going to get out there. And man, it is not a good look. When on the first day, you're supposed to get reps to potentially be the starter, for one of the hallmark franchises in the NFL, you have a run-in with the police. Just not a good look for Mr. Kalaletta. And look, maybe this will just be a footnote in his career. Who knows? Maybe he'll come up and light it up. Everything will be forgotten. And I understand he's a young kid. People make mistakes, and it's the land of second chances. But it's just not a good look for the Giants. In a year where they've just been battered with bad press, with Odell Beckham going on that show, with Odell saying, I don't know if I really want to be in New York. I'm just here. To the whole Eli Manning situation. To now all the trades. To this team having a fire sale. To this team potentially having the number one pick. This is his opportunity. And it's not good. You don't think the coaches might hold this against them or have second thoughts? Because, look, say what you want about Eli. His performance on the field might not be great anymore. But at least he shows up to work, doesn't get into trouble, doesn't get these headlines around him. He makes it easier for the coaches because it's harder for them to get rid of a guy who shows up and practices every day and is just a good dude. For Kyle Aletta, you had an opportunity I'm going to be interested to see what the Giants do if they do play him in the second half. But, man, you have to understand this. If you're not a first-round pick, you have to take the advantage of your opportunities. You might not ever get an opportunity. Kyle Lilla may never have gotten this opportunity. The Giants may have just started Eli the whole season and drafted a quarterback, and he becomes an afterthought. But it looked like he had an opportunity, and he still might. But, man... When you have an opportunity in front of you and you are not a first-round pick, you have to take it. You have to take it. This is a league where if you're not a first-round pick and you're a late-round pick, day two or day three draft pick, you have one chance. You have one moment. You can beat Terrell Davis on that kickoff in Tokyo where he laid out a kick returner 
And the Broncos are like, hey, who's this guy? That opened their eyes. They gave an opportunity at running back, and they ended up winning two Super Bowls. You never know when that opportunity is going to come, and when it does, you have to do everything and be fully committed. And I understand that this is a traffic violation. But when it's happened twice and you refuse to listen to the police and you could be the face of the New York Giants in the number one media market in the country for arguably one of the most iconic franchises in all of sports, on your first day of potentially taking over in practice, and you do that, this might cost him his career. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining. Remember, you can always like and subscribe on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and available for download on iTunes. Reach out to us, richsportstalk at gmail.com. Follow us, Rich Sports Talk on Facebook or at the handle Rich Sports Talk on Twitter. I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us. Got a lot coming up on the show in the coming weeks, of course. Check out all the latest podcasts that you might have missed on our channel. We're going to have a lot more football, especially after week nine is in the books. A lot of good stuff to talk about, especially the matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. The dream Super Bowl, except in the regular season. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Nolan Rich from Rich Sports Talk.